0: Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders and break down exactly how they're dominating their markets so you can learn from the best and can double your revenue, double your impact, and double your time off. In this episode, we're talking with John Mallet. John is an entrepreneur and co-founder of Build Your Empire, an event and media company focused on educating and impacting the next generation of entrepreneurs. Now, John uh, has quite an interesting backstory, um, and I'd love for him to share it. Instead of me, because I think it's going to be more impactful that way. Uh, but welcome to the show, John, and and give us some background on you. Sure.
1: Well, well thanks for having me. It's uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I don't know. Are you sure you want me to go on my backstory? You might have people tuning out pretty quick. <laughs> like, what is this guy doing on your show, man? You really have downgraded. You really have gone down. It, it's interesting. You know, I don't have I don't have all the things that society says you're supposed to have to be successful. You know, I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a high school diploma. So I'm really your unlikely uh, business professional, you know, CEO, you know, whatever. You know, I I started off on the wrong foot when I was 15 years old. It was my first felony arrest. I had, I had robbed the movie theater at gunpoint at 15 years old, which led to uh, incarceration in a juvenile detention facility for a while. And that kind of just put things in motion when I was released uh, something that we now know in, in the United States called the crack epidemic had hit our neighborhood, you know, pretty hard. It was basically turning cocaine into a form to smoke. And, you know, I, I wanted to be the capitalist, but I liked the product too much. And I found myself consuming this to the point at 17 years old, I had a heart attack from smoking cocaine. That was actually the beginning of the blessings. You know, what, what seemed like the worst time of my life what seemed like the biggest curse turned out to be the biggest blessing. I ended up locked in a, uh, facility but but now going through a a drug rehabilitation program and it was in that program that I met a guy by the name of Dave. Dave was a a former outlaw motorcycle gang member and he was the first guy that I could actually relate to. He was the first guy who wasn't talking at me. He wasn't trying to preach to me. He wasn't just telling me what a loser I was and how bad I was and I was never going to amount to anything because that's basically what it had been like up to that point. But Dave really started to talk to me as if I could be something. And I was like, man, I didn't know how am I going to get out of my neighborhood? How am I going to get out of these circumstances? I I had no idea. And Dave told me business. Dave said, business is your way out. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, me, a businessman, I couldn't see myself in that light. Uh, Dave gave me a book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it was the beginning of a personal development journey that never ended. The book "How to Win Friends, Influence People" was that seed that was planted. Now it took a long time, you know, for for things to you know take take root for me. But that was the beginning. That was the beginning of uh, of me thinking, okay, well, what if I do this? And that led to the next book and the next book. And it was the books that became my mentors. Those authors became my mentors. So sometimes people hear me talking about certain people as if. You know, I was hanging out with them. Well, I was hanging out with them every single day. I was highlighting, you know, (laughs) pages in their books and I was internalizing this stuff in a big way. And, you know, kind of fast forward my my last felony arrest. I was 24 years old Uh, at this point, though, I have a daughter and I was being let out of my home in front of my child. And I end up in the Milwaukee County Jail and what they call the bullpen, which is not a great place to be. And it was a a holiday weekend for us. So I knew I was going to be stuck in there for quite a while or well, four days sitting on the floor in this dangerous, horrible environment. And it was on that floor in the bullpen that I made a decision that, yes, I was a loser. Yes, I was a criminal. Yes, I was all these things, drug addict. You, you pick the adjective. Um, But if I could get through this, I was done. I was done being that person. And I would, you know, focus in because up to that point, I had one foot in a book and I had one foot in the hood. I had one foot, you know, mm. in personal development. I had one foot still, you know, hanging with the same people, creating the same problems, you know, still doing the things I shouldn't have been doing. And, but the difference was coming out of the drug rehab, coming out, I knew that I was wrong. You know, it's different mm. when I didn't know, cause it's just what we did in my neighborhood. It, it didn't really affect me so much, but it really, it really uh, weighed on my psyche when I left that drug rehabilitation center and I was clean for nine months, things were really starting to move in my life. Uh, and then I went back to kind of the same environment, same kind of stuff, and it really weighed on me because now I knew I was messing up. And that, I think, was the big game changer for me is that it was getting harder and harder for me to do the things that I used to be able to do with no problem. I couldn't do those things anymore, or at least I, now I'm losing sleep over it. Now it's, it's becoming a major issue in my life. So anyhow, so that's kind of how you know the foundation began. It was in that drug rehab I was introduced to business, and and then leaving as an adult, a, a pretty serious criminal situation that I was facing. Uh, finally getting through that, that's when I made the decision. And then it took me seven years from that point to finally crack hundred thousand dollars in a single year. Like I see people coming up today, and they're like, you know, six figures out the gate, and I man, I sucked so bad. But when I finally cracked the one hundred thousand dollar mark, the next year it went to two hundred twenty-four thousand, and it wasn't long before it was a million, then two million. You know, then a quarter million dollar a month residual type income. So, uh, but it was a process. I I tell people my first year as a full time entrepreneur, I only made four thousand dollars. You know, so I, I was the laughing stock, and you know, it was brutal. It was brutal for that that seven years of, of just straight commitment to changing my life to becoming something better. Uh, People didn't believe, and in America we can be brutal. If you've been watching the news, you know we're hard on each other. So they were not they were not easy on me coming up man i was the laughing stock of the town
0: <laughs> give us some context as to where you are now like what are you doing now with people and to give us some uh, a difference
1: yeah you know my my life now is dedicated to to serving in a lot of ways i i was fortunate i had a great uh, incredible mentor by the name of paul j meyer uh, who became one of my personal mentors billionaire unfortunately he he passed away a few years back but but paul j meyer introduced me to the concept of, of servant leadership. You know, he, he's written, I don't know how many books on, on giving, on leadership. So I learned a lot about that, paying it forward, you know, about uh, whatever you're trying to get. Like he, he was one of the first people early on that taught me like, you know, if you want money, well, that's the very thing you're gonna have to give up. You want time freedom? Well, you have to give up some of your time. And he started to teach me different concepts that made sense. Cause you know, I was just waiting around to be discovered, you know, in, in some place or, or something great magical to happen for me. And he really broke it down that I was going to have to get in the trenches. And I had another mentor that came into my life early on by the name of Jim Rohn. And Jim Rohn had such a big impact on, again, on paying it forward, on getting other people in the mix. He was uh, a leader in a network marketing business that we were part of, and he had an incentive to help me. Now, a lot of people know Jim Rohn today as Tony Robbins' mentor and, and, you know, this, this great philosopher. And yeah, he is. That's the guy he was. But I didn't know I was sitting at the feet of greatness when I was at the feet of greatness. You know, I I knew the guy was brilliant. I knew he had amazing things. I didn't I didn't quite understand how big of a deal it was for me to have personal contact with him during those times. But it shaped me. So now my whole mission in life is to take young entrepreneurs that are downtrodden, have been beat up, that, you know, that mentally messed up, whatever it is, you know, whether it's from society or most of the time it's from our own thinking, you know, we messed ourselves up. Just let them know that, man, I, if I can get out of this situation, you can get out. You know, I lost my sister when she was 21 years old to a heroin overdose. My brother has, you know, been a heroin addict, you know, pretty much his entire life in and out of prison. And so, you know, one of the three of us, you know, have, have completely transformed our lives. And, and it's really comes down to plugging into personal development, plugging into the right people, getting in around the right associations, and then focusing on becoming a leader, focusing on, you know, I'm going, I'm going to the top of the mountain or you're going to find me dead on the side trying to get there. There is no other option. I'm not playing games. I'm not going to sit around wallowing in my misery. I'm not going to create misery for others. But really now my whole passion is like I get a charge out of watching other people win, you know, and if I can contribute to that in some way, uh, you know, it's a selfish thing for me now, you know, to to help other people get to where they want to go. I get a a selfish pleasure satisfaction from it and that's what I do. So our build your empire brand, you know, it's a big brand. We're going through a transition over the last year. Of course, COVID messed up our ability to do events, which we, you know, we've been all over the world doing events and all that came to a screeching halt, but we're revamping the brand. I'm also uh, the CEO of a company called Oh snap active lifestyle which is a uh, nutrition company that we're launching this month. So I'm excited. I'm very excited about that. I love to play in the nutrition space because it forces me to stay healthy. It forces yeah. me to do the things that I know are important, which I believe it makes you a better business person in the long run, a better entrepreneur. If, if you're focusing on, on your health and what, cause if you have no energy, if you don't feel good, it's hard to, it's hard to really crush it in business. You know not I'm saying? I know you know this stuff cause you, you teach it on a regular basis
0: you can't do anything yourself. And then you also can't lead. Being a leader is leading by example to some regard, because why would you follow someone? It's like, it's really hard to to listen to a personal trainer who's who's not fitter than you. Like there needs to be this element of you're looking up to them, right? You can't be a business coach if you're broke. No one's yeah. going to really want to follow you because what are you learning? So that we kind of need to keep pushing ourselves. But ironically, by doing that, we end up better anyway, and we achieve more, which then f- for attracts more to us. I just wanted to mention a couple of points that, that you mentioned, because I think you said some really good stuff. I feel like Too many of us just half-ass everything. You know what I mean? Like we're not all the way in. And I think that's the big difference between those who are successful and those who are not is you're not dipping your toe in, you're fully immersed. Because when you're immersed, if you get thrown in a pool and you're going to drown, you either drown or you swim. And if you really want it, you'll swim, you'll figure it out, you'll stop, you'll hold your breath, you'll float. And you go, man, if I just relax, I can figure this thing out and I can get there. And too many of us, we dip our toe in the water and then we freak out. Or when we jump in and we are immersed, we're not looking at the outcome enough. You know what I mean? Like we don't have this clear picture in our head of this is what I want to achieve. And I think that it comes from, like you said, it mindset, right? Like everyone looks to strategy. I want to make a million bucks. So what business I'm going to join, what MLM am I going to join? Like I'm going to start selling whatever versus going, hang on, mindset first, my state, then my outcomes, and then my strategy follows. And Tony Robbins teaches this stuff. And I'm a huge advocate of that. But yeah. I think you're living proof that that works. Why do you think people do that? Why do you think they half-ass? Why do you think they don't fully immerse? Why do you think they, they start with strategy?
1: Man, that's that's the million-dollar question right there. You know, Because you hear people giving lip service all the time. To I hear people yeah. all the time say, I want to be a millionaire. I want this. I want that. I want a great body. I want to be healthy. And everything is in front of us to do that. You know, all the information for all that is there. Like you said, the strategy for building a business is out there. You can find it. It's everywhere. The strategy for building a healthy body, it's out there. And so why is it that still, no matter how you look at it, it's still such a small percentage of people that actually, you know, crush it, that actually go out there and and lead. I go into neighborhoods, you know, similar neighborhoods to those that I grew up in. I teach young people that look, it's not hard to win in a race that your competition isn't even running. They're not even trying, you know, so all you got to do is get in the game and just focus in. And you don't, and and what I caught on very early on was something called the slight edge philosophy. You see, I thought that it was some like some magical secret that certain people had and I just didn't have that secret. Or maybe you grew up in a certain neighborhood and, and there was this magic dust. Well, my neighborhood was a different kind of dust, but we won't talk about that. But, you know, I thought that it was, it was mystical And then I was introduced to mentors that said, look, man, the the slight edge is real simple. It's simple disciplines practice every single day compared to simple errors and judgment every -hmm. single day. So that's the difference between success and failure is those that go to the top. They don't necessarily go to the top overnight, which sometimes it looks like that if you haven't followed their rise. Like I said, seven years for me to even get any kind of traction. People didn't see. That every day I made a commitment that I would read at least 15 pages of a good book every single day, no matter what. And that became my habit. Sometimes, of course, I would, you know, pick up a book and I'd, you know, spend hours in that book. And, you know, it's the same thing with health. It's not the one McDonald's Big Mac <laughs> that kills you. It's a combination of those over a period of time. You know, it's it's eating bad day in and day out consistently, you know, messes you up. The difference between a 20-year-old you know, two 20-year-olds, one eating a Big Mac, one eating a salad, staying active, they don't look much different in their 20s. But there's a certain point where the separation starts to really happen. That's when you see it. And you think one got lucky or they have good genes or some, you know, the things we use to justify our our own, you know, failures. And the reality is, no, look, like me, at a certain point, I shut it all down. While my friends were out at the nightclubs and my friends were at the beach, I was in a personal development book. I'm studying, you know, the great entrepreneurs. I'm studying... The, the, the great philosophers, you know, the, the people that shaped the universe, you know, that, that mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, how do these people become great? So I said, well, all of a sudden they told me that there's books written about this stuff that could give me a shortcut on their yeah. path. And so I started reading about these people and I was like, Oh, okay. And almost every single time I found that it didn't happen overnight, you know, the people I respected the most were not, you know, the overnight successes. You know what I mean? They were, there was a process now social media, lead you to believe that people one day they wake up and they got Lamborghinis and Rolls Royces, you know, in the garage and everybody's making gazillions of dollars. But when you start to dig through all the nonsense, you start to realize that that's, that's not the reality of the situation.
0: I think a, a really good point you made is that, and kind of just to build on that, shifting your mindset to align with what you're trying to achieve. And if I was to ask you the question, like what would the successful version of yourself believe about everything? And then you look at it and you think, well, you know, right now you might believe, oh, you know, it's who you know, and you are got to be born somewhere, the color of your skin, you've got to be male or female or whatever. These are all beliefs that keep you back. So, if it was possible that that wasn't true, what possibly could you believe, right? And so you start shifting out. I do this with clients. It's like, what could you yeah. possibly believe about your current situation, the current advantages you have, the ways you could look at things? What would that that millionaire version of yourself believe about opportunity and things like that. They'll probably believe things like strategy is everywhere. Uh, I can do it, right? And that subtle shift over time actually aligns you to be able to receive it because what successful people, and I've gathered from the books I've read and the interviews I've done and my own successes, ironically, you get to this point and we all start saying the same things, which is anyone can do it and it's about mindset and blah, 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 and But when you're not there, like, and you know you know exactly what I'm talking about, when you're looking from the outside in, it's like, bullshit. No, no, it's yeah. not mindset. You've got it easy. You know someone, you've got strategy. And it's like, sure, right? I might know someone now, but the reason that that's even happening is because of all the mindset stuff. And so when you get there and you look back and you go, what actually got, got me that success? It's not the tactics. It's not the strategy. It's the willingness to keep going. It's the spending tens of thousands of dollars in coaching programs, learning one or two things and pivoting to the next one, not giving up, not half assing, fully immersing myself, giving up Friday nights. You know what I mean? I got up at 4 a.m. for 18 months with a brand new baby, still a doctor in a clinic with five practitioners in it, managing everything and building a coaching program because I wanted it. You know what I mean? Like it was like, this is what I want. And so what would I have to do and think and believe and act to achieve that thing? And so I just shifted myself Whereas most of us, we want that shortcut because we don't really want the thing. We want what we think the thing will get us. That's why when you ask someone, you go, they want a million bucks. Like, no, no, you don't want a million dollars. Like it's pointless. If you were in the forest, but you had a million dollars in the back of your car, you'd be burning it to keep yourself warm. Like, you know, it's not the million dollars, right? But um, it leads to that second thing, that that 1% improvement. It's either a 1% improvement or it's a, you know, 1% regression or whatever the opposite is, right? Like if you're eating burgers, you're only getting 1% that very quickly adds up. 1% of negativity very quickly adds up until you're depressed and hating life and blaming everyone. And just a 1% subtle improvement in positivity, focusing on what you want to achieve and reading and looking at how can I improve myself. Most of us are not willing to understand that it takes time and that it will get there. Like you go to the gym, right? I'm st- I've gone back to the gym really hard recently and I'm looking at it and immediately my brain wants to be like, yeah, but how can I fast track? Or yeah, but you know, I'm not getting the result I want. It's default because it's around us. And when you just shut up and go, well, you know what, let me just forget about it. Let's just go and absolutely forget about the outcome and just enjoy the process. I will wake up as that overnight success of suddenly looking really good because I will have forgotten about the six months, two years, whatever it took to get to that point, because I just immersed myself in enjoying the process. It's interesting.
1: It's very, it's very interesting. You know, it's, it is the mindset first, because I re- I remember I didn't take responsibility for an- anything, you know, back then. You know that was that was one of the big shifts that happened for me. Is like I blamed everybody, I blamed the police, I blamed the teachers, I blamed my dad, I blamed everybody I couldn't, and and it wasn't until I had you know some mentors that had some you know real strength that said no dummy, <laughs> stop blaming everything and everybody, and and you start taking responsibility, then you'll start to see the shifts in your life and i see today it's very difficult especially in places where people are locked down and they're they're digesting negative news negative information it looks like the whole world sucks we're all we all hate each other i mean it, that stuff just weighs so deep on your psyche and it creates a cycle of negativity and then of course it's easy to blame and say look okay well i see a bunch of people are doing really well and so they must have had some type of advantage they must have had and, and in some cases they they have but that's not always the case. You know, I've got a lot of very, very wealthy friends that came from nothing and and horrific circumstances that through the the shaping of their mind, they transformed their mind first. One of my mentors said to me, he says, look, man, because I was like, how am I going to be this business person? And, and he was like, look, I can teach anybody business skills. I can teach anybody business skills. You know, you, you, you pick a topic in business. I can teach you the skills that are necessary to open a business, start a business, run a business, grow a business, blah, blah, blah. I could teach anybody business skills. But he said, I can't teach everybody the thing that you have. And I was like, what is that? He said, you have a sixth sense. You came up in, in circumstances that, that other people didn't come up in, you know, you know when someone's trying to get over on you, you've had to watch your back in in situations that other people never had experience. There's an advantage to that for you in business. Now, whether you use that or not, it's going to be up to you. And so it was, it was things like that that were being planted in my head that I didn't believe right away, but I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But over a period of time, you start to hear that enough. Now a new set of programming is coming in. The old program was like, John's a loser. John sucks. And I, and I believe that and I acted that way. But then I was getting around people that really saw the world differently. And, and because they saw the world differently, they saw me in the world and what I could accomplish in the world differently. And they started to tell me these things. And all of a sudden, at some point, things started to click for me. I'm like, OK, when I started to believe it, when I started to believe that I controlled my future, that I controlled my destiny, then that's what, you know, then I woke up every day with intent, with purpose. Didn't matter. Like the election is going on right now. And, and, you know, I just want it to be over with because it's derailed so many people in our country. But for me, I'm getting up doing the same stuff. You know what I mean? I'm going to get up tomorrow morning and I'm going to go crush it. That's just my mindset. I don't Mm -hmm. care. I don't care who the president of the United States is. I didn't care who the president was last year. I didn't care. The last election made no difference to me. They're not coming to my house to drop off bags of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I'm going to have to figure it out one way or the other. And if I want to, you know, go crush it, I want to thrive in this world. I've got to do it. No one else is going to do it for me. And I think that's where the fight is right now, even in our political system is like, you know, people are are pointing at someone else to somehow make their life better. And, and that's on both sides. And it's just still never going to happen. You're going to be frustrated four years from now when we're in the mm. next election. It's just the way it is.
0: Looking outside yourself for the answer is is only going to leave you unhappy because ultimately no one has it. And even if they do have it, you're probably not going to actually do it well enough to get a result. And then you'll blame them because it's it's easy to blame someone else. Like they've done studies. If someone is running late to something and you ask them, why are you late? they will externalize the reason. Oh, the bus driver, this, that. If you ask someone, why was Dave late, right? They'll say, oh, cause Dave didn't get up early enough. Dave's lazy, Dave blah. <laughs> so when there's a problem and it's someone else, we blame the person. When there's a problem and it affects us, we blame everyone else except for ourselves because it's, it's painful to do that. Because here's the thing, this is my view. If you do blame yourself and then you change it and everything changes for the better, that's hard. That's a hard pill to swallow to go, shit, I've done the wrong thing for 10, 15 years. Right. Like it's it's like a hard thing. Like right? I've done the wrong thing for the last 10, 15 years. And that's sometimes too hard for people to do. I notice that with my clients. They begin changing things and they start getting different results and they get to this point where it's like, man, if I keep going with this, I'm going to achieve what I want. But in doing so, I have to accept that I had been the cause of my struggles before. Um, and so yeah. some of them can't hack it and they go back to what they were doing because it's too hard to face others power on and they get the result. And I liken it to, I read, I saw something on Instagram. I don't know whose it was, but I was, it was really good. It was about having a goldfish in a dirty tank. Now, do you medicate the fish or do you change the water? We would logically change the water and yeah. then maybe medicate if we needed to, and you'd need far less medication because you're now not competing with the bad environment. But what we do when we're in our own lives, again, because we can't self-reflect very well, most of us, is we want to try and self-medicate or we just go, well, this is just how it is because it's just how it is, is how it's always been and how it's going to be in the future yep. versus jumping up and going, hey, there's a clean pond over there. What if I did something to try and jump over there? Because I'm either going to die here unhappy or I might die getting to that pond, but chances are I'm going to get to it. The way that I see it is you've got two choices. You either begin to pump in fresh water i.e. bring in people around you to push out the negativity or you isolate yourself from the negativity and you focus on building yourself up. And by doing so, you become clear of them, clean of them, and it opens up space for more people to enter your life because too many times we cling to people who are not supportive of us. Um, And I've had this friends, family, parents, that's the hardest. If it's an acquaintance, you can get rid of them. But if it's your family, it feels like you're stuck but I'm a massive believer in you have to shift who's around you no matter what. Otherwise you will stay at the highest of who's around you. You know what I mean? If everyone's broke, you will be at that level. If everyone's unhappy, you'll be as happy as the happiest person that you're around. And if they're all unhappy, then you're not gonna be happy.
1: It's so true. You know, it's it's. uh, I love the book, Thinking Grow Rich. It was one of the foundational books for me. I didn't get it at first, but I've read that book so many times. And in the book he talks about, he says, look, the number one reason why so many have so little, and so few have so much? She said the number one reason is because we listen to our family and friends. You know, think about that mm-hmm. for a second. That the biggest reason for us failing, the biggest reason for us not getting where we need to go, is because it, we're basically it's the environment. It's because, and, and I, I struggle so much with people with bad energy. You know, I, I can't be around for very long because for whatever reason, I'm kind of a magnet to whatever the environment is. And that's why when I'm in a bad environment, I fit in pretty well. I become negative. I'm bad pretty quickly. So I I caught on very quickly that I have to get myself out of those environments. Like I want to wake up in the morning and I want to have positive energy because that sets the tone for the rest of my day. And so, you know, it could be a family member that doesn't have that same energy that that morning and somehow i realized man my energy has been off all day long and it started from mm-hmm. what happened that morning and so you have to guard that today you have to protect that in a lot of ways and unfortunately a lot of people allow it in their in their own home and you can't really get you wake up to it every day you go to bed to it every mm-hmm. night and 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 that's a tough deal and it's hard to tell somebody that look man your own you know spouse is killing you your your, your own family members are are keeping you from where you want to go i'm i'm amazed you know, because we offer a lot of opportunities to people. So we always have affiliate programs, ambassador programs, you know, things that people can participate to earn money. And I'm amazed how often someone will hit us back and say, look, man, I want to go crush this thing, but my negative spouse uh, doesn't believe, he doesn't believe, or she doesn't believe. They don't want anything to do with it. And it's crazy to me because I cannot picture myself. If anyone in my family comes to me and they got something they're excited about, I'm going to be like, okay, let's do it. Did you, you know, I might ask them, did you, you know, check the points, people, product, process, you know, I'm like, cause that's, you know, that's what I do. But if they're excited, man, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm excited for you. How can I participate? How can I help? How can I, you know, <laughs> buy, can I buy something, you know, whatever. And, and it's amazing mm. to me how quickly people in our own family shut us down and create this bad energy around us. And then what do we do? We just, it's just easier to sometimes rather than fight that, you know, it's just easy to just kind of give up. And then we end up in this status quo comfort zone. Mm. We're not really happy, But, you know, we're we're not dying necessarily either. Maybe sometimes on the inside, I could I just knew I always had to be in an environment that was happening, an environment that had speed, that had energy. There was positivity, you know, that for me, without that, I'm in trouble, man. I'm so prone to bad behavior. I'm so prone to depression, things like that. It, it, and it shows up quickly, man. And I know, I know what my weaknesses are. Mm. So I, I avoid those situations, you know, just like, I know, I know what drugs <laughs> I've had my experiences with drugs. I know what happens. I get around drugs. So what do I do? I just, I stay away from it. I stay away from people that in environments that that's where I would be, you know, yeah. to keep myself from, you know, <laughs> destroying myself. Cause in the end I can't blame them. You know, I can't blame the drug dealer <laughs> You know, in, in the end. It comes back to me. You know, I'm the one who, who made the purchase and, and we're all doing it in one form or another.
0: 100%. The interesting thing with that is that neutral status quo contentment is actually far more dangerous because if it's going downhill, you get to rock bottom and at some point you you want to make a shift. Like I feel like some of us are, are really tough and can deal with a lot a lot of crap before we get there. But I feel like when we do, like inevitably you get to some point if you're regressing and most of us have this feeling of like, we need to do something about it. And that's where I like people to be because then they actually feel the reality. You know what I mean? Like if your house is on fire, but there's not that much smoke coming in, you will live with it until you start coughing. Then you'll wear a mask and then you'll keep living there and you just get more and more used to it. But if there is that fire is there, smoke is there and it's big, and it's obvious and it's affecting and you can't just kind of brush it away. That's when suddenly there's that change that happens because it's like, shit, i got to get out of this. But it's that slow burn. It's that 1% we talked about, right? 1% worse over time. You just get used to it. The boiled frog, right, doesn't know it's boiling if it starts out in cold water. And I think that sometimes we need to accept that things are not good and look and remind ourselves how bad it is. So every day I wake up and if things are not going well, I don't go, well, you know what? I could just be happier than... Uh, everyone else, I could be, have it be better off than everyone else but ju- by just staying the same because I could. I could retire and live very well forever compared to most of my family, most of the people around me. But I don't yeah. want to do that because that settling will kill me. A lack of progress and lack of growth, I will die. And I've, I get depressed. I get anxious, just like you're talking about. But also, I want to achieve more. I want to create legacy. So what I do is I I tell myself how not good this is, how painful this is, that I haven't achieved that thing. I'm not beating myself up. And instantly the voice in my head says, you know, James, you got to, and this is not my voice, but other people's voice. You got to have balance, James. You got to, you know, be content and happy with what you got. I'm not saying that I'm not at all, but what I'm saying is that I want more. And so I remind myself of why contentment is the enemy of progress. And so I love where I'm at and I'm okay with that. It's not a negative thing. This is what people don't get. And you might get this as well. You sound absolutely obsessed with what you do, which is what I am as well. And people who are outside that, they just don't get it.
1: They it don't understand
0: it. the obsession. They think it's bad. No. They think we need balance.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it, you know, I I like I like when I have some balance in my life, but I realize the only time I have balance in my life, it's after I've gone through a, a crazy period of, you know, no balance where I'm I'm running real hard for a particular thing. And I get that way even with, you know, when it comes to my health, sometimes I'll go way over the top when it comes to my health and fitness. And it's like, I'm focused like crazy because I've got some goals. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, really goal oriented. So if I got some goals around health and fitness, I may seem kind of fanatical because I'm trying to hit those goals. Mm. But the same thing in business, man, it's just, it's no different than, I tell people all the time, when I was a drug addict. I never missed a night of getting high. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, Oh, it's Tuesday night. I'm going to take the night off. No, no. Tuesday night. I'm getting high Wednesday. I'm getting high Thursday. I didn't have any money, but somehow I found a way to feed that addiction. Mm. One way or the other, I was getting high. And what happened for me is, is I shifted. We all have it inside of us. There's something that would, that would drive us. We're built for this stuff. We're built to go out and make things happen. We're built for purpose for progress. And I just shifted that same energy From, you know, getting high to my pursuits in business, you know, I I, I went after my goals in business with the same relentless, you know, I will not be denied type attitude that I'm going to I'm going to make it happen one way or the other. And that's I think people discount what they have inside of them. They discount the power that they possess that the things that Mm. look, we create the things that we want. You know, if you want to live in a big house and if if you if you become obsessed with living in the big house, guess what's going to happen? You know, I have tattoos all over me, <laughs> you know, obsessed legacy. This stuff is, you know, I live this stuff I, I, and I realize, you know, how cricky it is. is. When I wanted a big house, I took all of my energy, all of my resource, everything I had around. OK, I need a big house. And I'm telling you, it was it wasn't long, you know, maybe 24 months before I had what most people would consider a big house. And then, of course, later on, you discover, well, that house is you know, there's much bigger houses. And, and then it wasn't long when I got obsessed with the next level. And, you know, and then we end up on the top of a mountain in a, in a super house. But, but I remember looking back to where I began, you know, I was for all intents and purposes, homeless, cause I was locked in facilities and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. someone else's houses. And to go from that to that, it's, it's only because of this, it wasn't, someone didn't say here, John, here's a house. I'm giving you this house there was all these steps, all these things that had, and all the negativity and all the the, the the bad vibes and all the stuff that people said and the rocks being thrown, all that, I had to get through all that to get to that house. And mm-hmm. so I tell people, you know, be careful what you what you wish for because mm-hmm. you just might end up getting it, but there's a price to pay for all of it. You know, so I realized later on because my obsession was for money at one point, because I really believe money was the reason why we had so many issues when I was young, growing up in the house. I thought it was money. I thought, okay, well, if we had money, these same issues wouldn't have, but it had, it re- later on, you discover that money is yeah. not—you got money, but you still got the same issues. You got to—you got to transfer the mindset. You know, and I always say, you give a bad person money, you got a worse person. Money only magnifies what you already are. So, you know, we had to really become—you know—something. We had to become worthy of leading other people. You know, our businesses later on depended so much upon other people and them developing as people. So, we got really good at developing other people, focusing all of our time and energy on on you on on what do you want? You know, and it doesn't have to be a big house. You know, you want more time with your family. You want a vacation, whatever it is, then let's together figure out how to get that for you. And when we started focusing on other people's success, then man, that, then it just exploded. You know, it was like, we would make a million, but the team would make 10 million. If we'd make 10 million. The team would make a hundred million. And that, and then, that, that, that became the gauge even with our new company that we're launching again this month, uh, old snap active lifestyle, that company we're building from the, the field up, instead of how most companies are built from the, the company down, where all of our focus, we won't judge the success of the company based on how much revenue the company brings in. We'll judge it based on how many successful people we have inside of the community. So, mm. you know, we shifted a little bit and we focus there and all of a sudden, you know, things just happen. And I, and I believe it's part of, you know, the laws of the universe, you know, it's just, it's the way it was set up to be. Those laws are constantly working it's just, are they working for us or against us? You know, I, I heard Jim Rohn used to talk about like the law of gravity. It's always working. Even if you don't believe in the law of gravity, just step off the, the, the roof of your house, you know, one time. And you'll the law of gravity is always working whether you realize it or not. And we have laws when it comes to leadership. We have laws when it comes to success. We have laws when it comes to money. We have laws when it comes to attracting the right things into your life. So there, there's laws around all this. And what we really got good, not patting myself on the back, but we had a lot of great people around us that started to teach, these, these laws of attraction and how to bring this stuff into your life and, and a lot of it in the end it's not that complicated and I think that's why some people it's hard to believe you know I, I was I was on a call with one of our, our, our friends out of Germany I did a podcast yesterday for a guy in Germany He's got a you know big thing going on there and I talked about this stuff I'm like, look there's genius and simplicity I, I'm I'm dumbing everything down I did matter of fact I did the 100 million dollar academy for my friend Dan Fleischman last night and I, and I taught on the rule of three. I got like three steps for almost everything I do. No fancy footwork, nothing crazy. I got I don't have big words. I don't have a lot of technical stuff, but I got three steps for everything that I'm trying to do. Make sometimes four, but but I try to stick with three because it's simple, easy for me to remember. And that's what built everything for us. And then then I could duplicate that, get that to scale. And you know, when things started to scale, that's when all of a sudden you know everyone was like, man, he got lucky. No, well we paid attention to what the process was and we were working with the laws instead of against the laws or fighting the stuff. But I Lucky. see people fighting it all the time. Like, man, you're fighting those that are tuned into this election right now and are giving up time of their own lives to see what's happening every five minutes. And I, I got to admit, I tune in from time to time too, but there's some people that they're obsessed. I, I don't know. I, you know what's, I, I think it's taking time away from you and it's, and it's going to weigh on people's psyche. I see it all the time.
0: Lucky is, is broke language, broke mindset, broke in your wallet, like lucky is, lucky is a cop out. And I hate it when people say lucky. It's like, it's not lucky, there's, there's no luck. You you create luck, but you're you're creating it through your actions. Cause things are, like you said, things are just working and it's your perception of them as to whether they're positive or negative. I'm teaching, I've got an 18 month old son at the moment and we're teaching him this cause we're starting to realize that people around us and even ourselves, we have this conditioning. So for example, if it's raining, It's like, Oh no, it's raining. That simple statement means raining is negative and therefore you can't have fun. And therefore you can only enjoy yourself when the sun's out. Now, how many people around you do you know that only enjoy themselves when it's sunny and when the weather's bad, they're like, Oh, I feel like this and blah, 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 the weather's not good. And so I'm not good. The weather's the weather. It's got nothing to do with how you feel. You're just choosing to feel like that. So we started shifting our languaging. And so everything is, Oh, wow. Because we we noticed ourselves saying, oh, no. And so he started saying, oh, no, raining. Super cute. 18 months old. Oh, no, raining. And now, now I'm changing it to, oh, wow, raining. And helping him realize that in each circumstance, there is opportunity. Raining means you can splash. Raining means you can run and slide on the grass. Sunny means you can go to the beach. Sunny means you can go outside and play in the dry. Each has an opportunity and it's different whether it's good or bad is completely your perception of it. And too many of us allow the external to influence us. And and something that I live by is that you should only put weight on the advice and the things you hear from people who have to live the outcome. So Mm -hmm. if someone's telling you don't invest in property or don't do this or do do this, do they have to live with the outcome? No. So you shouldn't probably listen most of what they're saying especially if it's not supporting the narrative that you have in your head about what you want to achieve because if i talk to my family about investing in property they'll tell me all these things about all these the economy is going to crash and this and this and this but they don't have to live with the outcome i do i have to live with investing or not investing so i'm going to find someone that supports what i'm trying to do and is invested in something similar and has to live with the outcomes of their decisions and then i'm going to maybe live with that because otherwise we let voices into our head and including our own that doesn't support us now i'm conscious of your time um, what's some tactical stuff people can do this week to start shifting some of their mindset? Because I know that a lot of us are struggling with the election and the economy and blah, 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 all these things that are out of our control, but we make it influence us. So what's some tactical stuff people can do to shift that?
1: Some things that I've always done, you know, for me, like you you subscribe to Tony Robbins like I do. I love a lot of Tony Robbins stuff. He talks a lot about changing your state. And, you know, there's a couple of ways to do that. And one of them is is physical movement. Like, you know, when I know like I'm, my state is changing a little bit. And I'm getting down and negative. I know I got to get up. And for me, you know, I live in you know Arizona where it's the sun shines 300 days <laughs> out of the year. So when it rains, we're like, yes, rain. It's a different, you know, it's a different mindset. But I, you know, I get up and I'll I'll take a walk outside in the sun. Don't mess with the phone. Put all the electronics down. And all of a sudden, I start to, you know, I, I come back, jump around, I'll yell a little bit, you know, so stuff like that to do some. What I, what I found are like immediate shifts you can make. The worst thing I could do is go put on, you know, Netflix and go lay mm-hmm. on the couch. You know, that then it just goes into that cycle. Uh, reading for me is always a big one as well. And I tell people, again, I subscribe to the Slight Edge philosophy. So I'm, I'm always trying to get at least 10, 15 pages of a good book in. It opens things up for you, you know, creativity. I got great friends that I'm connecting with that are, are very like-minded. And so, you know, just picking up the phone because you know we're always ta- texting and you know DM and stuff. So it's nice to pick up the phone and have a good conversation. And then you know, my wife and I will will you know cook dinner together and you know just just try to get engaged in a human you know way rather than the electronics. Man, can I, I think are bring a lot of people down are leading to a lot of depression, a lot of challenges And in, in America. I think we're one the largest consumer of Prozac, yeah. the depression pill. Yeah. And it's like, man, there's a lot here. I mean, we got a lot of wealth here. We got you know everyone. Everyone's got a nice car. Even some of the poorest people here, you know, have cars, have cell phones. I mean, our poor is not like other countries poor. And yet we got people. I know people that that are millionaires and they're depressed every single day, which blows me away. So I, and we also practice like gratitude. We wake up you know, every morning and, and we discuss we have the three things that we're grateful for. You know, I am grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. And then we talk my wife and I will talk about like things that I'm great, like about her. And so we go back and forth with that stuff. And, and look, some of it sounds corny and weird, but it, it, it shifts your mindset. It works. It puts you in a different frame. It really does. Yeah. And it affects everything, man. Because, you know, again, if my, my mental isn't right, it's hard to get my physical right. And yeah. if the mental isn't right, it's hard to get my financial right. If my mental's not right, I can't get my spiritual right. You know, my relation, all this stuff is connected to it. So in the end, you're right, man. If you don't, you have to be intentional on um, what you're allowing in here. On, on what you're allowing yourself. Cause I, again, I'm the, my worst enemy. It's usually me. That's the biggest problem. But uh, you know, I, I take something from someone else and I allow that to, to mess me up and I'm getting better and better. You know, it's taken me 50 years <laughs> to get to a point where I'm now starting to you know shut a lot of that stuff out. But you know, you have to do it. You have to guard that or, or everybody's going to be pissing in your ear, man. They're always going to be throwing negativity at you and, and finding ways to bring you down. And you said it, the whole thing about luck, it's like, if you're saying I'm lucky, you're basically discounting yourself. You're basically saying, you know, you're justifying that you're not going to have these things or be able to do these things because somehow I got it magically. Lucky charm, you know, showed up and and here it is. So that that, that scares me.
0: I never say I'm lucky, even if it's at the cost of See it's it's hard when people around you are not achieving things and are feeling all negative and things and you don't want to kind of come in there and crap on their parade with your positivity and how amazing things are but I will never discount the work that I put in for things and if they say oh you're lucky you're doing so well I'm like it's not luck and sometimes it's hard for others to hear and I know that there are people that that don't talk to me as much because I I don't pander to how they're feeling about things but I I don't believe in luck I believe that we create our reality positively and negatively and um and we have to be responsible for that if I'm unhappy it's my fault because I I didn't do the things that I should have done to make me feel good you know and and if I'm if I'm winning it's my fault because I did do the things that got me there and so discounting yourself is the worst way of doing it you can discount yourself negatively too you know what I mean you can discount and say well I was born like this my life was hard. I was growing up in yeah. this area, and that's bullshit too. Because those it things really... might be influences, but equally, you can go down a different route if you choose to. Because there's millions of cases yeah. of people just like yourself, you know.
1: Yeah, and I don't discount someone that that comes from a rough environment or these things. I'm like, yeah, for sure. But I guarantee, mm-hmm. you I can show some. I can show you someone just like you with similar circumstances, or maybe even worse, that came up and are living their dreams today so so mm-hmm. it's all it's all talk you know it, it's all bs we're allowing ourselves to stay stuck and we and we deal with it in a big way here in the states <laughs> it's mm-hmm. very interesting you know some of us are considered privileged you know and others are not and like we're in this race right now to see whose circumstances are worse you know we're all it's like this mm-hmm. big thing like i'm i'm in worse shape than you are i'm worse than you and i'm worse than you and it's like this big negative spewing everywhere and it, it's like, my goodness, you know, how, where did this come from? And how did this happen? You know, it's like, I I thought we're supposed to be moving forward, you know, progressing, you know, creating better things and and paths for other people. But instead we're all like me, 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 look, poor me. Let me show you how terrible it is for me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it's his fault and it's their fault and it's the government's fault. And it's like, man, I, it seems like it's very widespread. If you watch the media and I don't know what you're seeing in New Zealand, but I'd imagine it's got to look interesting, but, in the end, when I get out of that bubble, when I get out of the media bubble and social media bubble, and I get around my friends and we're having dinner, it's not like that. It's really not like that at all. Yeah. But it certainly appears to be that way as soon as you get back on the electronics, man. It's it's like, oh my goodness, what is happening to the world?
0: Hmm. Now, where can our audience connect with you online?
1: Uh, the, the best place is Instagram at johnjohn.com. Malott, M-A-L-O-T-T. That's probably the best place. Of course, our, our at Build Your Empire page is there. It's, you know, we've got a pretty good size page on Instagram there. Uh, that's really probably the best right now. We're doing the uh, O Snap 21 uh, Day Challenge, just a simple challenge people can plug into. Nothing crazy, but mind, body, spirit, tech. So some mm-hmm. lots of stuff that you teach. So they can plug into that stuff for free and we're doing some mentoring and guidance and stuff there too.
0: Awesome. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Today, we went over time and, and it was awesome. I think there's heaps of value. So I really appreciate you. Appreciate you, Thank brother. You.
1: Thanks for having me, man. Thank you. I got to come and visit you in New Zealand.
0: Definitely. You have to get through our two weeks of quarantine though. We put you. We'll lock you up in five-star <laughs> in <the camp>. hotels. <laughs> in the camps, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: in the five-star hotel camps. I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> awesome. Take care. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who wanna know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach, or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you will find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi six, even seven figure practice just like I did, but with a 10th of the time and a 10th of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business. And I wanna share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.